Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome into another edition of the JMU Sports News Podcast. I wouldn't call it an emergency pod, Jack, uh, but I think a bonus pod might suffice. That's a really good way to put I think last night, if we recorded last night, it would have been an emergency pod. Um, but now that things have kind of settled down a bit, I mean, I guess it would, they haven't settled down a bit, but things have, things have kind of, I think our emotions have subsided a bit. Yeah. So the story, which I imagine if you're tuning in, you're pretty well versed in the story. Uh, but to, to set it all up, um, a story came out yesterday from the Richmond Times Dispatch. Mike Barber wrote uh, that JMU athletes had been informed that they would not be able to compete. And we'll clarify a little bit. Would not be able to compete in uh, conference tournaments and championships. Essentially, they could not get the at-large bid this year. Uh, we all assume that would happen uh, next year as part of sort of the transition to the Sun Belt. Uh, but there's a, we'll get into this later a little bit too. There's a CAA bylaw that allows the conference presidents to essentially just boot you right after you announce. Um, yeah, so I guess for starters, football team is fine because see, football is different and they really don't need an at-large. Um, so football, not really affected. And it seems like women's soccer and field hockey are going to start those conference tournaments by the time anything is announced. So my understanding is that they're, they're fine. They're in those, they can play them. Uh, but the other sports cannot compete in those and they can't host either, which makes sense if you're not in them. Yeah. Men's soccer won't be able to compete. They've been nationally ranked at points this season. They've won, I think three conference championships in a row. They won't be able to get their fourth. Um, women's tennis is at the ITA kickoff. Thank you, Dom Palumbo, for uh, giving me that information. So big deal for the women's tennis team, and they won't be able to compete for a CAA title, um, and they're probably not going to get an at-large bid. Really everyone across the board, Jamie, this, this impacts them because odds are they're probably not getting an at-large bid, not because of their own ability. Like I think if you put softball in another conference, they probably could get an at-large bid pretty easily. But when you're playing against teams that are as bad as CAA schools are, it's hard to get at-large bids. Um, it's, this is going to impact men's basketball, women's basketball. This is impacting every single program, and it is a bylaw. This is technically the rules. We This is the rule. Joey D said that. I mean, he's there to make sure the rules are upheld. But what an absolute spineless um, comment by him and just the way the whole CAA has kind of been handling it. But I think you have kind of different, I think I'm a little bit more pissed at the CAA about it. I think you have a little bit more, you, you put a little bit of the blame on JMU at the same time, right? I think, do you want to get into that now or do you want to just fire off takes about the CAA and their presidents? I guess let's, let's start with a quick sport by sport overview to really sum up how much it can affect the team. So like, and we had talked offline, like the baseball team hadn't really been a factor a lot in the CA tournament. They've got chased a lot or in some pieces. Um, they're certainly not getting an out large, I would think. Um, yeah, I think their chances of doing anything are, are kind of low, but it certainly affects baseball. Um, you look at men's basketball, women's basketball, there are two teams um, that are probably not in the at large conversation. I mean, women's basketball might be, Men's basketball is not going to be in the at-large conversation. I'd be shocked. 
Um, so you've got two teams that were had chances to make the NCAA tournament significantly diminished in the men's case. Like it might just be gone. Like I, they probably need to beat UVA, which I don't see happening. So huge deal there. Went out the rest of their conference schedule. Right. right. They'd have to basically go undefeated in the conference. So like, just not going to go well. Um, men's golf. I don't totally know where they stand in terms of how competitive they would have been for that, but women's golf won it last year and they return everybody, I believe are pretty much all the key contributors. So they can compete for individual conference titles, those golfers, uh, but the team can't get it, which is really frustrating. Um, you mentioned men's soccer, who I still think is good enough to get an at-large and should get an at-large, but it's no guarantee. Um, so they've lost a chance to win four consecutive conference titles. That stinks. Um, you know, women's tennis, you mentioned uh, men's tennis. I don't know how much in the mix they were, but women's tennis is one of the best in the conference, but probably not an at-large team, in my opinion. Um, field hockey obviously gets to play. We mentioned that women's soccer. Um, gosh, who else? Lacrosse and, and softball, I think both have chances to still get at larges. But like JMU was an unseeded softball team last year that took advantage of winning the, the conference title to ensure they got in. And then they won games in the Women's College World Series, where like if they stumble at all in some of the non conference this year, they could lose out on the opportunity to even get in, even though they're a team that's clearly good enough to beat teams and really compete in it. So that's frustrating. And then you've got what volleyball's tied at the top of the league and they're supposed to compete in a couple of weeks here and they don't have an opportunity to do it. So I mean, the main thing is it's taking the at-large chances away. I know some JMU fans have been um, kind of propping upwards like, no, we can still get at-larges. And for the most part, like, no, like, no, they can't. Yeah. It's, it's kind of a death sentence for, I would say 95% of JMU sports. And I, I think that's why it hurts so much. Um, these these student athletes have had their last two seasons impacted by COVID, um, which is insane. Yeah. And then all of them got that extra year of eligibility and decided to come, or those who did decide to come back have been playing as hard as they can, you know, to to get an opportunity to make an NCAA tournament, make a name for themselves, and make JMU history. And in the case of a lot of fall sports, it's taken away from them, like weeks before like volleyball i think is in three weeks men's soccer is i think in one or two weeks like it's just taken from them so close to the finish line and that's the crazy part to me it's also why you play in a lot of cases like you play like for a lot of jamie teams and jamie fans talk about how jamie teams compete for national titles like a lot of them don't a lot of them compete to win the conference and literally just have that really cool experience of playing in the NCAA tournament one time. Like that's what a lot of them are competing for. So to take that away is, yeah, it's, it's horrible. It's terrible. And I guess brings us into it more of setting it up. I think a little bit and sort of explaining it is like, this is not the first time this has happened in the conference. The timing of it is, is kind of one of the first times in terms of it being announced within a school year. But there's this bylaw has been, you know, enforced in the past. You look at like Old Dominion, I think it was 2013 uh, when they ended up moving and and they were knocked out. And JMU was one of the schools that also voted to not include, like to not let Old Dominion compete. I think Georgia Southern that year also couldn't compete. And guess who won the conference tournament in basketball and made the NCAA tournament as a result? I'm gonna JMU. Go, I'm going to go JMU. Yep, that was my final. So, I mean, to go, like it's been kind of a little bit hypocritical of, of JMU from JMU 
in a few ways that we can get into more. But the one thing that stands out to me that is different than that is one that it happened during the season. And the other one is just, you had mentioned the, the COVID years. Like that's a massive piece of context. Like in 2013, like those athletes that lost out had not, so, not also just been screwed in two consecutive years. That feels like an incredibly important thing. Mental health is a way more important topic than it was, probably should have been more important back then, but it's way more of a talking point, something that matters and administrators claim they care about in 2021 than it was in 2013. So for no one, like, to it's, not mention that we're like, oh, well, this happened in the past. This is a different, it's a different situation. It's, it's different. It hasn't ever happened in the middle of the year. And like, this has been known for Jamie going to the Sun Belt. We've had three podcasts talking about this for three weeks. So you could have announced this right when it was happening. The CAA could be like, just so you know, remember in the bylaws that this is a thing. And like, we are going to uphold the bylaws. Um, I don't think there'd be as much backlash about it. It's just the fact that we're now in conference tournament season. And all of a sudden you're like, "Mm, by the way, you're not going to be able to compete. And like you said, not only is it just different times that they're now two years into a COVID kind of mess of sporting events at the college level, 2013, just even, even so, if we are fast forwarding then eight years to 2021, I'd want changes to be done. And I, I get that Jane, you voted that way in 2013 And honestly, I don't really agree with that. But what I think is like, even over those last eight years, they should have realized that that was a problem in 2013 and either fixed the bylaws or gone into this with a new, new thinking, even if there was no COVID, but COVID does add such a, just a huge wrinkle into all of this that we need to be aware of that is worth mentioning every time you bring this up. And Shane Metlin had a really good story today. He did some nice reporting. Um, so he had mentioned the CA presidents all voted unanimously to uphold, uphold the bylaw. And he said sources inside the JMU athletic department <laughs> had prior conversations with officials at remaining CA schools and were kind of stunned at the unanimous outcome. So it sounded like those schools were like, oh, yeah, we'd give that a, a real consideration. Then pulls the rung out from under them. It's like, no, we're, we're doing this now. So that was really surprising to me. Also in this same story that he posted today. He had mentioned um, that JMU officials had kind of said that in the 2012-2013 Old Dominion move, um, they ultimately regretted the vote, which is just, first of all, from JMU's side, that is a trash thing to say now. Like, well, we were sad we did it. It's like, we did it. So that one I didn't love. But then they said um, they kind of did it in part because it was a like a quick move from ODU. It was a hasty departure where they've been working with the CA office for multiple months and kind of expected like, hey, we've been trying to do this the right way and thought they might get thrown a little bit of a bone, um, a lot there. And then also, I guess, if we get into Jamie's hypocrisy real quick here, um, Oklahoma State, the men's basketball team was suspended or banned from the postseason this year. Um, it was like a seven-member or something like that NCAA infraction appeals committee that I thought was a little bit harsh in upholding this postseason ban for Oklahoma State. One of the members on that committee, JMU President Jonathan Alger. Um, so not a great look for him. They kind of claimed that this was a little bit different, where they were saying they're bound to upheld NCAA rules in the committee. So it was less of a, um, maybe agreement with the punishment and more of upholding what another committee had already come up with. Um, again, kind of administrative BS. But well, then they're saying the seat. Didn't Oklahoma same, State like break a lot of rules, though? It was a former coach who had done something 
uh-huh. with like agents. So to punish the current players was ridiculous. Okay. Okay. Like okay. there's got to be a way, but the NCAA, the way the NCAA rules are set up is where they can shove the blame onto the university, which is essentially what they did. But it was really harsh for a postseason ban and also something they probably could have done faster, but after they had Kate Cunningham. So I think the NCAA was like, whoa, they got Kate Cunningham. We don't want to, we don't want to stop the Kate Cunningham here. So I like, I don't know. It just seems ridiculous with like the double standard there. So that was frustrating. I think people brought that up rightly so. But then again, Alger saying that the city president had a chance to fix it where he didn't necessarily as much because of NCAA rules, which, yeah, I don't know. I kind of, I kind of feel like that's hypocritical. So, but my, the main thing, I guess, for me is like, even if JMU has been hypocritical during the process, which I think the administration absolutely has, like, why does every decision within the NCAA or conferences, like it always ends up punishing student athletes who have nothing to do with it. That like, I, I also just don't fully get, like, I get there's a little hypocrisy there. Um, but at the same time, like, I kind of get what Alger's saying there. Um, I just can't wrap my head around how these are human beings, the presidents. And when JMU appealed, they denied the ability to appeal. Like, to me, that's what hurts. That's the craziest part of it. It's just, it's kind of insane to me that this isn't like some people sitting up there and they're like, well, this is exactly what the rule says. So we're going to have to follow it. Like the whole point of the appeal process is like, you can say there was a mistake in the rules and we have to kind of fix that and go off of precedent. You don't have to follow the precedent that's been set. And just the fact that Jamie, you tried to just tried to appeal it after everything that these student athletes have been through and the presidents denied them the ability to appeal. It's just kind of insane to me. And I don't want to be, no, I kind of want to be that guy. Jamie's a founding member of the CAA. If there's not this, if there Jamie's not there, the CAA is not a thing. There's an award named after Jamie's first athletic director, I believe, Dean Ehlers, I believe is how you pronounce his name. An award named after him. So many things. The CAA is around because of JMU. And like they're getting just screwed over royally by the presidents because I'll have a little bit of an ego here. Jamie's the best school in the CAA. Like, come on. You know there's a little pettiness there. I think that's the thing where JMU fans are maybe arrogant, but also kind of right. Like, kiss our feet a little bit on the way out, man. Like, they brought them a lacrosse national title. The football team is way better than every other football team in the league, which means that the people paying for Flow Sports, your stupid media deal, are mostly JMU fans. They're mostly watching all this. Like, the basketball team is coming on a high. The basketball team built a facility that was good enough that they could host your tournament during the pandemic, even though they didn't have Matt Lewis and ended up losing, but it was still a great place to host. They've hosted a bunch of things because they have great facilities that have always been, um, you know, a point that, that helps the CA. It's just ridiculous. It's an asset for the CA. The teams are really good. The softball team made this huge run. They've got the lacrosse national title. It's their stupid cover photo on Twitter before yesterday. Like, come on, man, at some point, just like appreciate what Jamie has done, realize that they're spending way money than everyone else. And it makes sense to leave and be like, you know what, we're going to let them do what they do. And then they'll move on. Thank goodness. They finally changed their cover picture. Uh, but it was also hilarious this morning. They're tweeting about field hockey, like JMU field hockey. They didn't, they forgot to take off their scheduled tweets. Like that's clearly just a scheduled tweet. And like, there has been no formal announcement about it. Like there's so much uproar from JMU fans and they've said nothing more on it. Um, 
I, I just don't understand. Yeah, kiss our feet. Just, and what, where was I going? Oh, Josh Walfish made a fantastic point. The former beat writer for the men's and women's basketball team at the DNR, I believe he covers UMass now. Um, but he made a fantastic point. Like these games are still going to count in the CAA standings. I'm all, he, he said, I understand you taking away them hosting events. That makes sense. Give it to another school. I get that. But he goes, just to like take them completely out of CAA postseason, but still have all of their games count in the CAA standings is stupid. It's really stupid. It doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. It's, it's incredibly dumb. It's, it's frustrating. National media was upset. National people were upset. Like that made a lot of sense. It's just a real cluster where the athletes are, are kind of going off on social media. That's the other thing. It's like the announcement's supposed to come in the next couple of days here. I guess this podcast drops on what a Thursday night or Friday. It's going to be a Thursday night. So people are probably going to listen on a Friday morning, Saturday. So it, it, the news may have dropped. I've heard that it might be coming Friday, Saturday now. That's probably when it seems like it's going to come. So that'll happen. It'll become official. And I think it's a good move for JMU, but it also very, very telling that none of the coaches were not, not only were they not stopped from saying their thoughts, it seemed like they were encouraged. TJ Eck had interviews with the men's soccer coach, the volleyball. I think he had another sport in there. I think he talked to O'Regan. Uh, I think Byington interviewed so, too. Yeah. Byington talked to Metlin at some points. We've had, a bunch of different interviews. Uh, Lauren Steinbrecher was funny, a little clip that TJ had posted on Twitter. She said, you know, it just drives home the point that like, see ya, like I'm happy to leave. Like we're, we're glad to be leaving now. So um, I think JMU's administration is pretty pissed and, and frustrated. Um, I will say for next steps, Shane Metlin just sort of dropped in a reply to someone that JMU seems like they might be joining in 2022 july of 2022 this is very important to mention this is because this kind of like makes us look dumb if this is the case it seemed like that would be in response to maybe this news but if that does happen that's massive news like that would the fact that that was like a a reply (laughs) tweet was crazy to me like if jmu joins the sunbelt a year early and then somebody asks the uh old dominion staff writer uh, I think it's Minium, Harry Minium. I don't know how to pronounce his last name, so I apologize. But um, they asked him, they're like, would ODU do the same if JMU left early? He's like, yeah, probably. So, <laughs> like, so all these teams just leave and be in the Sun Belt playing like Sun Belt football games next fall, like less than a year from now, because that would be sweet. Like, if that's the case, that's amazing. How would they do scholarships then? Would they then all of a sudden just have full scholarships overnight? Like, because normally you have that transition period, which they're already what you're they're already there because of the COVID year. They're already basically have eighty guys on scholarship right now, so it probably wouldn't be that hard to transition. Okay, because because what you're kind of are, getting at with the move being in 2022, outside of it being awesome that next fall, Jamie, you could be playing Sun Belt games. That this would be the transition year, so they would already be kind of banned from postseason play, right? I think kind of, but also you don't normally do that in the year. Like it, it seemed like VCU had done it in the past where VCU told the CA really late. And they're like, oh, we're leaving in the summer. And then they immediately left. So they wouldn't have to worry about the bylaw where other schools have kind of gone slower. Some of that I think is a VCU didn't have a football team. Doesn't have yeah. a football team. Uh, Mo Ali Cox says otherwise, but other than that, um, no football team. So 
I, it's fascinating because like, is that true? That seemed like a bigger story than everything else happening. And it was a reply tweet, but he said there were maybe a lot of steps that would have to go before that could be announced in terms of them doing it in 2022. So interested to see how that develops. Because uh, if it isn't 2022, I would interpret it as this year, they all get screwed and can't play in a conference tournament. And then next year they can as well. So you wouldn't have an at-large opportunity until 2023 for your sports, which is just horrendous. Yeah, that that's not. I I would much rather leave in 2023. But now, I mean, I don't I don't even know anymore because the CA is being a bunch of. Babies. I think if you can if you can peace out over the summer and join the Sun Belt next year, that sounds like an ideal plan because you just get right into at large. I would think. I don't really know how the details work when you do it that fast, but that seems like a. But that was massive news. <laughs> Uh, it was just crazy seeing everyone's reaction to I don't think I've ever seen JMU Twitter kind of that up in arms um, so quickly in a matter of minutes like just insane insane stuff yeah I mean it was it was unbelievable it's really stupid it's petty and then there's other stuff too where it's like well Commissioner Joe Antonio like really he wanted this to be an amicable split he just, you know, he just couldn't convince them. It's like he has no sway over anyone. Also, he was the one that ruled, like, in the very first place. Like, he's the one that has the ruling. And he literally said, I just follow the bylaws. Well, he has to – they did They did try to appeal. And then the appeal didn't go through. And they were saying that he has no way to convince anyone, which I thought was like, well, what is this guy doing there then? He's just a he's just a talking head, it seems like. Um, dressed up talking ads and uh puts on pads and plays some football with, you know, the uh, Delaware guys and probably won't see him in pads this year for JMU. Yeah, but it was, it was all kind of a cluster. Um, my interpretation, there were also other stuff we should get to, I guess. Shane Metlin was saying that uh, the idea that they could just like delay an announcement is not a thing. Like, cause there's stuff they got to get doing, get going with the Sun Belt that comes with an official announcement. So you can't just be like, I don't know what we're doing. And then once you win an at-large bid, be like, Sun Belt. Like you have to actually <laughs> tell them what's happening. So uh, that's not a plan that works, unfortunately. So I think you kind of have to, like the news is going to be official. And it, it seems like I'd be kind of surprised if they reverse course um, the conference. I think they just need to weather the storm for two days of negative PR and they'll be fine. Maybe, maybe it'll be more, but yeah, I, I think the CAA's plan right now is just to sit on their hands and not say anything and then just actually go and delete all their scheduled tweets. Yeah. So uh We'll see what happens, but it was it was a little bit of a cluster. And then you had, I mean, they were like athletes and people kind of asking like Barstool to come in. And then Barstool had a rough Thursday would be one way to describe it. Um, they had, you know, sexual misconduct allegations at their founder, Dave Portnoy. I don't think anyone wants Barstool coming in and saving the day. So probably a bad idea there. Like it was just a, it's a really clunky situation yeah. where it seems like athletes and coaches are all allowed to speak out, which is fair. But like, it's it's kind of a cluster created by the CA that seems super super avoidable. Which is like, all of their mistakes appear really avoidable. Like, maybe don't sign a stupid TV deal, or maybe like care about sports. And when the one school that doesn't care or does care about sports leaves, just get over it. Especially when that one school is a founding member, yes. and it's the whole reason everyone is there. And also, this might be my homerism showing. But men's basketball, probably not overwhelming of a percent chance, but probably the best percent chance out of any CAA school at this point in time to win an NCAA tournament game. 
that's the other thing, right? It's like, wouldn't you want JMU's team to represent your conference in those tournaments since they have like all those different tournaments? It feels like they have legitimate chances of still winning for you, right? That's that was my like that that's kind of what that's what makes this all feel petty. Like these other schools want that opportunity and they don't want to wait a little bit longer. And this is, they can stick it to them at this point. So that's where the pettiness for me comes in. This is JMU gives you the best opportunity to make money in postseason tournaments. And you're just not letting them do that. Yeah. And I think like, it's just, it's really like when you look at the COVID and the impact, it's, it's gotten a little ridiculous now with this as well. Um, so you look at like Kiki Jefferson is a junior. So her first year, what the conference tournament gets canceled, right? They don't even play in it. Her second year, she doesn't get to play in front of fans essentially. Um, and they end up losing early in the conference tournament or in the semis or whatever it was, cause they had a really young team. Then this year they don't have a chance. Like if they don't join in 2022 is Kiki Jefferson going four years with like no chances at an NCAA tournament. That's a joke. Yeah, absolute joke. I also want to mention. So, I also yeah, think it's I mean hilarious. we're just it's mostly. Yes, go ahead. Sorry, I also think it's hilarious with fans from around the FCS and fans from you know other schools like saying I don't feel bad at all for JMU. You guys did this before, and this is what you deserve and everything. I think that completely misses the point because I don't think JMU fans are like sitting there being like. We deserve better. I know we just kind of earlier were talking about how they should be kissing at our feet as we leave and giving us this royal treatment. <laughs> leave. That's not like the, the main point. Like the main point here and what we're really all like genuinely upset about is that you're taking this opportunity away from the student athletes after they've had the last two years taken away from them. So to kind of sit there and be like, I don't feel bad at all for JMU. It's kind of heartless. It's kind of a dick move. Like you're telling yes. me you don't care at all about the kid who's put his entire life into well, football, not really, but put his entire life into basketball. He had a few recruits coming out of high school. He goes to JMU because he thinks it gives him the best opportunity, continues to grind away. And now that opportunity has been taken from him the last three years. Or in the case of Kiki Jefferson, just is a fantastic basketball player, but has not had the opportunity to go to the NCAA tournament because of extenuating circumstances that aren't in her control. And you're telling me you don't give a, you don't, you don't care about that. Like that's, in, that's a, that's an insane take to me. Yeah. It's, it's super weird. And that's kind of what I tweeted about earlier. I think people thought I was talking about like the conference when I was like, when people were like, well, bylaws are bylaws and rules are rules. It's like, what a weirdo, like how much, how boring are you? You must be fun at parties where it's just like, Hey, rules are rules. I hope the uh, women's golf team suffers because there's this stupid bylaw the sea like what a joke so i thought that was really dumb i think it's all it's all really ridiculous man like it's in the kissing the feet thing was mostly a joke like obviously say schools they don't see eye to eye with jmu right like the example we're very we've different talked, we're very different from the rest of the caa jmu in 2020 tried to schedule an independent fall football season towson did not play in the fall or spring right like they're, they're just completely different ballparks in terms of like what they believe about sports and what they want to do. So it's, I thought they would just appreciate JMU and kind of keep them be like, Hey, we're going to like coast on your accolades for another year. And then like, I don't know, but like at the same time, Jeff Bourne would have Bourne dialogues where he would just rip on flow sports. So, I mean, like, I understand the, the, <laughs> the, 
the bad blood. It's not like toward the end, JMU was kind of, I don't know. I, I get some of it, but at the same time, like why punish the women's golf team? Like what the hell did they do? Yeah, I think that's the main point. It's a shame that the student athletes are in the crosshairs of all this political mumbo jumbo happening between the presidents and athletic directors of CAA schools. Yeah, that's that's the main thing. So I'm frustrated. I'm, I'm really frustrated because uh, a lot of teams that had chances to win conference titles that are kind of getting getting screwed. But when basketball, maybe sneaking out large, I feel like softball and lacrosse are still going to have good chances, which will be fun. But yeah. And if they do join in 2022, really interested to see where that reporting goes because that storyline feels buried and massive if they leave a year earlier than everyone expected. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see how this all plays out, especially in the next 48, 72 hours. So hopefully you guys are listening to this Friday morning and kind of get get the um, get the venting off of your chest. Go call a friend, a JMU alumni, go talk to your significant other and just let it all out. And then hopefully within the next day, you would have good news that Jamie's moving in 2022 or, or something good. Maybe the CAA reverses course. Who knows? Things tend to happen after we drop podcasts that make our podcast very untimely in a quick manner. So for Bennett Conlin, I'm Jack Fitzpatrick. Go ahead, check out Bennett's awesome article kind of recapping the night that was over at jmusportsnews.com. Um, some great stuff there. And you guys have a wonderful rest of your day. See ya. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.